you can see, Calvin was right, I'm, I'm the green lady. <laughs> um, can I do a slideshow? Okay, We're gonna, I'm going to do a very brief recap of some of the stuff that uh, Jesse's been talking about. Some of the riches that we have been given in Christ. We've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. We have been chosen in him. Uh, we, um, we are to be holy and without blame before him in love. We've been predestined unto the, the adoption of children. In other words, we've been adopted by God. He's made us accepted in the beloved. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Uh, can I get the next slide? We've been made alive. It's repeated more than once in the, these verses that uh, Jesse's been covering, that we have been made alive. Um, we've been raised up together with Christ, and we're made to sit together with We've been saved by grace through faith. We are his workmanship. We've been created in Christ Jesus for good works. Next slide. Um, and God has made Jesus to be head over all things to the church, and the church is his body. So we're his body. We're not just individual people. We've become his body. Next slide. All of these things are leading to something. Um, they are, these are all promises that have been given to us. But how are we to react when bad things happen to us? When all these great things don't seem to be so real. Well, we have a promise here. And that promise is that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. And we don't have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He is in all points tempted like he was in all points tempted like we were, but yet without sin. This is an amazing promise. We have a high priest who suffered exactly the way we did, and yet he's without sin. Why is this so important? In the Old Testament, the high priest had a main function. All the other priests would offer sacrifices and all that kind of stuff. But once a year, that high priest was to enter into God's presence, into the Holy of Holies. And when he entered that presence, he was to make a sacrifice for himself and for all the children of God, all the children of Israel. This was such a huge job 
And if he went and did it in a way that was inappropriate or he was uh, did not make um, a sacrifice for himself first and did it full of sin, he could be killed by God when he entered the Holy of Holies. The next slide. He was actually to wear a robe. And in Exodus, it talks about, you shall make on its hem pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet material all around its hem and bells of gold between all of them all around. A gold bell and a pomegranate. A gold bell and a pomegranate all around the hem of the robe. And it shall be on Aaron when he ministers. And its tinkling may be heard when he enters and leaves the holy place before the Lord that he may not die. If that high priest entered the Holy of Holies inappropriately and God struck him dead, the, the other priests would hear him hit the ground and die because of those bells. That's pretty serious stuff. Jesus actually sacrificed himself. He's our high priest. He has entered the Holy of Holies and poured out his own blood for us. He has been tempted in every way the same as us, yet he's without sin. That's a pretty amazing promise. Next slide. This is an actual picture of the robe, and you can see at the bottom of the blue the pomegranates and the bells all the way around. Next slide. Um, also, sometimes we may think, well, I'm going through such a horrible time. Why is God letting this happen to me? Very good question. Well, in Hebrews 12, it says, Have you entirely forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you, his children? He said, My child, don't ignore it when the Lord disciplines you, and don't be discouraged when he corrects you, for the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes those he accepts as his children. What this means is, if we're going through a hard time, that is a sure sign that we're his child. You know that song we were singing, I am a child of God? Well, if we're going through a rough time, that rough time is a sign that we are a child of God. Um, going on, as you endure, endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who was never disciplined? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and not, are not really his children after all. Since we respect our earthly fathers who discipline us, should we not all the more cheerfully submit to the discipline of our heavenly father and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always right and good for us because it means we will share in his holiness. 
No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It is painful. But afterwards, there will be a quiet harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Next slide. Job in the Old Testament also says, blessed is the man whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Next slide. Deuteronomy goes on to say, know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. This is not a new concept for the New Testament. This was something that they had both in the Old and the New Testament. The discipline we go through, the hard times we go through in this life, are a sign that we are his child. That is our confirmation that we are his child. Next slide. So what do we need to do? What is it that's required of us as children of God? Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. We need faith. Next slide. Hebrews 11 goes on to say, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Next slide. Hebrews 11 goes on to detail a large number of people that lived by faith in the Old Testament. There was by faith Noah, being warned of God, he made an ark. I'm not going to go through all the details. If you want to see what they all, each of these people all did, you can read this, this portion, this whole chapter. By faith Abraham went to a place that he'd never been to before. And by faith, he, he lived, sojourned in the land of promise. Uh, dwelling in tabernacles, that's dwelling in tents. With Isaac and Jacob. Next slide. By faith, Sarah also received strength to conceive. She was, I think, around 75 or, or older when she had a baby. That's pretty amazing, and it was by faith. Um, next slide. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. He was willing to sacrifice the child that, he, that God had told him all his descendants would come through. He, he believed. Next slide. By faith, Isaac. Blessed Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, told the children of Israel that when they left, they were to take his bones with them. Next slide. And by faith, Moses, when he was born, his parents hid him for three months. And when he uh, was raised by Pharaoh's daughter, he refused to be Pharaoh's son and wanted to stand up for his brothers, the other, the other Jews. He left Egypt, um, and by faith, he kept the Passover, and he had all the children of Israel keep the Passover. Next slide. 
And what more can we say? There, there's Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthe, David, Samuel, the prophets. There's Isaiah. There's um, uh, oh, Ez Ezekiel. There's so many people in the Old Testament, um, all who lived by faith. There's a list of things they did. They subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. On and on and on. All these things that were done by faith. And verse 39, And all these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. What's this? All these people had faith. They didn't get the promise. Next slide. Hebrews eleven thirteen also said, These all they died in faith, not having received the things promised. Again, they didn't receive the promise. The promise was Jesus and salvation. We've already received a foretaste of that. Next slide. This is the verse that really I wanted to speak to you guys about. That whole chapter 11 of Hebrews talks about all these people who've gone before us in faith in the Old Testament. Added to them, we can add all the apostles. We can add uh, Paul the, and Timothy Luke, we can add um, the, the, the Christian fathers like um, uh, Augustine and some of the other fathers. We can add people like St. Francis of Assisi, um, uh, Joan of Arc, all those Christians who died in faith. And you know who we can add? Our forefathers those ancestors of ours that we know lived in faith. My daughter, my mom and dad are added to that list. Sam, possibly your dad. I, I don't, didn't know him well enough. Liz, your other grandmother and grandfather. We can add people like Terry Napora. I don't know who else here has people that have passed away in their lives. But if they've passed away in the Lord, they're added to the list of people who've died in face, faith. Hebrews 12, 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. That great cloud of witnesses is referring back to all those that have died before us. All those who have died in faith before us. They're around us. Um, in, Hebrew, in Greek, that word wherefore refers back to what comes before. And the cloud of witnesses surrounding us is like they're all around us. We're not just way off in the distance. They're right around us. They're surrounding us. They are cheering us on. Have you ever been in a stadium when all the stadium is cheering for a team? That's what they're doing for us. We have 
so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us then lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. This is an amazing verse. We are surrounded by all those who have gone before us in faith. They're cheering us on. They're saying, come on, you can do it. They're cheering us on to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. They're cheering us on to watch Jesus and to follow him. Next slide. Oh, didn't, didn't translate properly. It's actually a Greek word, marturon. And the meaning of that word, that's the word that's used, that's translated into English as witness. It's the word that we get the word martyr from. We are surrounded by all the martyrs, all the people of faith that have died before us. Um, uh, I, I love some of the, tra uh, I have to admit, I love languages and I liked some of the meanings behind this word. Uh, there's witness in a legal sense, in a historical sense, the one who is a spectator of anything. Um, in an ethical sense, those who after um, after his example, have proved the strength and genuineness of their faith in Christ by undergoing a violent death. Next slide. And again, the, the word doesn't show up. Trechelmen uh, is the word that means to run. Um, it means to run, to exert oneself, to make an effort, to speed on, to make progress, to do well. This next line I like the best. To exert oneself to the limit of one's power in an attempt to go forward, to strive to advance. We are being asked to run the race, to exert ourselves to the limit of our power. And we're being cheered on by all, our, all those witnesses. We are being encouraged to give ourselves 110% to the race. Next um, slide. And then there was agona, uh, which is the race. That's the Greek word that's translated race. This is the only place in the Bible that the word is translated race. The word is used many times in the Bible, but every time previous to this, it's translated as fight, as contest, as war. This race is not just a foot race where we're running. This is a race where we are struggling, where we are giving 100% to do everything we can to be victors. Next slide. 
Okay, wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. You're being encouraged, so let's lift them up. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but rather let it be healed. Follow all peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. This is what we're being encouraged to do. Next slide. Another thing you can do is to put on the armor of God. Um, gird our loins with truth, a breastplate of righteousness. Our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The shield of faith. Again, the faith that we need. The helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and praying always. These are the things we're being encouraged to do. These are the things that that cloud of witnesses is urging us on to do. This is such an amazing um, encouragement for us. This is how we can um, honor all those riches that God is giving us. Next slide. Finally, what we can keep in our minds at all times is that we are come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Not only do we have all those that have died before us in faith surrounding us and urging us on, that company of angels is urging us on too. To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. We are being encouraged to run the race, to run this contest with everything we have, striving to the best of our ability. We're being cheered on by all those that have gone before us in faith and by all that company of angels. We have so much going for us that even the hardships of life, if we see them as discipline from God, as his children, that won't stop us from running the race and giving 110%.